0: Welcome to Remso Republic Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the One The Only Remso Republic podcast. I'm your host, as always, Remso W. Martinez. Go ahead and do me a favor. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Remso101. That's remso O one zero one. Follow me. I'll follow you back. That way we'll go ahead and expand our ever-loving Liberty family. If you're a longtime listener, thank you. You've come back for another great episode because you expect excellence, and we promise it here all the time, every time, with every single episode. For new listeners... Let me kind of, you know, bring you up to speed a little bit. Not too much. Not too much coming your way the first time you're listening. But we've got one mission here that we try and do well each and every time. It's definitely a ripoff. It's you know, totally cheesy. It's, a, you know, as somebody called it, a dad joke or something like that. But it's, um, it's kind of our mantra. It's our code. It's our mission here at the Remstar Republic. We want to go ahead and make freedom fun again. Let me repeat that. That's making freedom fun again. The concepts of individual liberty, free markets, limited government, the simple Barney-style concepts that I do me, you do you, we don't use the government as a violent middleman, and we can go ahead and live our lives peacefully and prosperously. Simple, common-sense stuff for most people that tune into this program, but for a large chunk of our Bernie-loving society, it's considered a radical concept. And radical concepts is what we're going to kind of talk about today. I remember growing up in the the era of Obama when I was still in middle school and President Obama had just been elected and it was going to, you know, cause the oceans to decrease and the birds would repopulate and everything was going to be perfect. It was the era of good feelings. And every Republican outlet out there, mainly Fox, Weekly Standard, were all like, you know, let's just learn to love our new progressive overlords. And then you had folks like, Steven Crowder come out. And Steven Crowder back then when he was just starting out, when he was still doing skits on YouTube with the shower curtain behind him as a backdrop, he was able to reach thousands and eventually millions of people because he was the conservative punk rock star that we needed. And over time, you know, many conservative uh, entertainment and media outlets have popped up here and there. Not many have been able to succeed. And there are some out there today which are definitely paving the way for how – You know, libertarians, conservatives can tell our own story, talk to our own people the way they want to be spoken to. They want to know the facts up front, and they want to have fun in the process. And today in this current media environment, it almost seems like – whether it's a left-wing outlet or a right-wing outlet, everyone's just, you know, jumping into this overly polarized environment. We're becoming way more vitriolic to each other. We're speaking to each other in 280 characters or less and fighting with everyone over every little thing that pops up. But I still see a place for it because this is simply just, you know, evening out this is simply something that was going to eventually happen. I want to go ahead and talk more about this, so I brought on somebody that you may have seen a few dozen or, if you're like me, a few thousand times online if you're going through your Facebook feed during the day. Nate Madden from the Conservative Reviews Capitol Hill Brief. Nate, welcome back to – I mean, sorry. Welcome to the program. I was thinking of somebody else earlier. My bad. Well, welcome to the show, man.
1: Happy to be here. So it's, uh, yeah, CRTV's Capitol Hill Brief. We do uh, four uh, four episodes a week, just – Give me the rundown on whatever's going on on Capitol Hill. We try to we try to make Capitol Hill news fun, interesting, digestible, and not overly wonky. So that's, that's the overall goal. So we try to make it fun, too.
0: Exactly. And I, I wanted to bring you on because this is something that people have been kind of bugging me with lately. Um, it's this idea of, you know, maybe... You should stay away from places that have an open bias. You need to go to the objective, to the nonpartisan outlets. And I'll I'll look back at them and I'll be like, there's no such thing. I'd rather go to a place where somebody can tell me what they think or tell me what their bias is. But apparently, you know, there's something wrong with that. You shouldn't be able to go out and discuss that. What's your view on that?
1: No, I think what you're doing in that situation is you're trading an open bias for a hidden bias or even an, an unrealized unconscious bias, and that's, I mean, that's the whole thing with media bias, right? You've had the, the legacy media, uh, mainstream media, the old media, whatever you want to call it, you've had these big boys who have been around for decades In a profession that is heavily, heavily, heavily populated by leftists, and the statistics bear that out. You can look at study after study after study of of what the partisan breakdown is in every single mainstream newsroom in America, right? And so I think there is and there will always be as long as that is a fact and as long as my profession skews as far to the left as it does in the mainstream, there's always going to be a place for conservatives, for libertarians and others. To have outlets where they tell their story. And with technology like we have now, I mean, you you mentioned Crowder. Crowder was a frickin' revolutionary back in the day, right? I mean, he he was he was out there like rock and roll in the 50s making these things on YouTube back when YouTube was just barely a thing, right? And sorry if I get into too much of a rambling monologue here, but that's that's sort of the progression that we've seen that we're seeing now that's coming to full fruition, right? You look at the dot-com boom, right? The dot-com boom made it possible for conservative media to be what it is in a lot of ways. or well, almost in all ways, right? You no longer needed a printing press and a warehouse and a distribution network and paper boys and ink and pulp from dead trees to put the ink on, right? You could do this on the internet. You didn't have to have the buy-in that the big boys did. And now we're seeing the same thing with broadcast. You know, the, the guys who were just out there rock and roll in the 50s, making skits on YouTube and getting 500 views at a time, building it up. Now you've got something like where I work at CRTV, where you have the ability to go full broadcast without needing to have a 24 hour production schedule without needing as much as you would at a gigantic cable news operation. And you can produce a lot more versatile, a lot more nimble content that kind of tailors to where your audience wants to go. And you can change it as you go. You're not locked into anything. Um, so I think I kind of trailed off on my on all of my talking points on oh, that. But,
0: but that's perfect, though. And you, you hit all, all the important areas. And the biggest thing to emphasize from what you said was that in terms of, you know, our media consumption, everything has come back to the end user. The end user is the audience, the viewer, the people at home that are going to go ahead and, you know, choose where they're going to dedicate their time, whether they're going to play video games or watch the old mainstream media or what have you. But with CRTV, I mean – it's um, it's amazing because this whole season we've been talking about disruptors, you know, cultural technology, business disruptors, political disruptors. And I started off the season talking about Glenn Beck and, it you know, everyone was dogpiling him. This summer when he had to lay off so many people from the blaze and there was this one monologue Beck gave as his ratings were just really kind of plunging that really kind of stuck to me. It was this idea of, you know, several years ago I got an award for being the most disruptive person in media and today I, I don't think I get it and I certainly don't think I deserve it. And as I kind of listened to that, I was like, what, what, what's he talking about? Well, I mean, this guy, he he tries to be Mr. Walt Disney. What's going on? So when you look back at how things were with the blaze, having an entire network streamed online based off a of subscription and, and advertisement model, I mean, that just sounds like what you have to do today. But when Beck was doing that, it was something that nobody thought would succeed. And now CRTV has taken that model. They've succeeded that model, but they're adapting it for the changes that have come with this new social media age. And it's... It's something that has everyone scared. And my biggest thing is when people are screaming and yelling and cursing and you know telling you you're going to fail, you're doing something right because they're absolutely terrified with you. And with CRTV, it's fun. It's informative. It's something that no one saw where it was going. I remember when it was just blogs and then all the podcast networks came out and then it was all the different shows and now it was um, – you know, things like what you're doing with Capitol Hill brief. I mean, this type of stuff would not have been in anyone's view, even 10 years ago.
1: Oh no. And half of the stuff that we're doing at CRTV wouldn't have been on anybody's radar five or six years ago. I remember, I, I remember too, when, when Glenn Beck, I mean, when he left Fox and went off on this thing and he, everyone thought he was just absolutely nuts. And, uh, and yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's a constant adjustment game. And he acknowledged as much, uh, in that monologue. And I mean, we live that reality every day, man. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm, I'm fighting off a little bit of a, the tail end of a cold too, but
0: oh, it's, it's yeah. been strep central here of team Republic. My producer won't even come in the basement. He's like dead or something, but, yeah, um, is. yeah, but it's, and I want to, gosh, I, I want to try and put this in the best way possible. Like this is the dawn of an age where we're definitely seeing everything shake where any dude with a microphone can come out and reach an audience and it just you know you mentioned that when it comes to you know the, the the media industry it's so inherently leftist in a sense oh yeah why why do you think it's taken conservatives so long to understand we have to stop playing by their rules and we have to you know basically build our own playground at this point
2: well, I,
1: I, I think there's, I think there's a reticence to it. I think there's this this desire still to be mainstream for a lot of people, even if they are holding conservative views. You know, you still want to talk about, you know, what you read on the front page of the New York Times with your liberal neighbors. I, but at the same time, I think it's just, you know, I completely lost my train of thought on that. But no, I, uh, I think there's also there's a tendency to cling to this idea of the the educate and infiltrate model that oh well. We'll just change, we're, we're going to go completely upstream and we'll... And there are a lot of organizations that do a lot of good work on this front, of this training conservative journalists to go in and, and go in and work as, as mainstream reporters and mainstream outlets. And I've got a few friends who've gone that route and hats off to them. There just simply aren't enough of them doing that. And just volume-wise, I don't think enough of them exist uh, at this point in time uh, to really flesh out when you've got 100-person newsrooms I don't think there are just simply enough conservatives that, that come up to really balance the equation out. So yeah, I think there is going to still be that space for conservative reporters and conservative commentators operating in our own space. And you know what? Again, you're giving the people, you're giving the end user exactly that you you're selling an honest product. That's what I'm trying to say. You're selling a very honest product. You have an you, you, everyone has its bias. Some media outlets own their bias. Some try to cover it up. Some try to run away from it as far as they can, and they can't run fast enough, right? You see several, you know, Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo and CNN going crazy against the president every single day, right? They can pretend to be impartial arbiters, but I don't think a lot of people are buying it these days.
0: But do, you, do you think, think people
1: – yeah.
0: Game. I mean do you think that – you know just regular politically apathetic people do you think they even care anymore because it seems that you know regardless of whether you're talking to someone on the left or the right it it seems that every american regardless of what the specific points are they just seem not to care anymore and it's not the fact that you know they they don't they want to give a pass to everyone it's just the fact that they feel like they're already going to be deceived so they might as well stick to the you know folks that they're comfortable with
1: I mean, I, I'm, I'm as a limited government guy myself. I always encourage a very, very healthy skepticism about politics, right? And a very, very healthy distance for for regular people to do this. You know, this is not. I mean, politics is a dismal business. I I envy politically <laughs> apathetic people on a daily basis because I wish I could not care about half this crap that goes on, right? Um, and that's why we shouldn't have to care so much, and that's why it shouldn't be as pervasive as it is. But no, I I think they're after. 2016 turned into 2017 with the constant deluge of outrage after outrage after every time the president scratches his nose or sends out a tweet it gets old it gets old especially if if, you know you don't live and breathe this stuff if you if you're really just concerned about the day-to-day life of you know i want to raise my kids i want to go to work i want to go to church i want to do the things that actually matter in this life then yeah, it's really easy to get politically apathetic when the entire thing is a gigantic crap show twenty four seven. And I don't blame anybody for getting apathetic over that.
0: Exactly. Nate, we're gonna go ahead and continue this conversation, but first I gotta go ahead and, you know, head over to our commercial break. Before I do that, folks, quick words from our sponsor this half hour. Close your eyes, just just, you know, drift off for a second. What if then, you know, just talking hypotheticals. What if your money could grow itself overnight while you slept? Would you want to know how to do that? Well, if I told you I've got a way, it's proven, it's verifiable, you won't regret it. Go ahead and check out joinhelium.com. That's J-O-I-N-H-E-L-E-U-M.com, joinhelium.com, and learn about the investment revolution today that will help your money grow itself with almost limited to no risk. It, it sounds too good to be true, and if you think it's too good to be true, you should still probably check out the site. So check out JoinHelium.com. I'm Remso Martinez with the Remso Republic. We'll be right back after this. Join the Remso Republic on Patreon today. Today, 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 today. Hey, that's pretty good. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Remso Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out.
1: Lynchburg is a city that embodies the spirit of service Virginia is known for. I'm Albert Billingsley, and I'm running to promote free enterprise, accountability, and trust in the Lynchburg City Council. Check out my website, BillingsleyforLynchburg.com, and help us let Lynchburg lead the way. I'm Albert Billingsley, and I approve this message.
2: Hello, my name is Alex Merced and I am a libertarian. I invite you to join me in spreading the message of liberty. Come down to alexmerced.com where you can find videos and lots of other media to help educate people about liberty and more. I've also created learneconomicsnow.com as a quick way to show anyone the basics about economics. libertarian101.com a great starting place to learn what is libertarianism, how to get involved and how to move things forward. Intro the dot com, where you can learn more about how to spread the message of Liberty through positive messaging from people like myself, Larry Sharp and Michael Pickens. And don't forget libertarian dot com, where you can find an exhaustive list of libertarian podcasts for you to enjoy. This is Alex Merced. Follow me on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest and more. And thank you very much.
1: Hey guys, Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers. <laughs> fucking whores are out there. These They're... hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the <laughs> most
2: contact I've had with the hooker. It's, it's them, them yelling at them you. They're yelling at me on Twitter. <laughs>
0: We break down the most pressing issues of our time. This large lady
2: with like tight clothing on. Not appropriately legged tight
0: clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker.
1: We pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened? What happened? Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God! Seriously, though. We love putting on a show that both
0: entertains and educates. We're growing, and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out pricepodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S-Podcast.com. Folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We're going to go ahead and continue our conversation from earlier. Nate, um, I went ahead and did a survey in my... um private fan group folks you can go ahead and find the private fan group by just searching remsa republic nation as long as you're not like a nigerian princess or you have like no photos or friends or anything and you know my troll alerts going off or producer ryan's like just something's not right with this guy i'm getting the unabomber vibe uh we'll go ahead and take you in as long as you you know surpass those very minimal requirements but i went ahead and asked um asked the people in the fan group you know what matters to you when you're taking in information some people said, I won't do anything but read. Some people said, I only get my news through um, you know, the radio or podcast and others said TV. And then the, you know, we just started really kind of splitting hairs and it's like, well, where do you watch things and how do you like to watch things? And the two biggest networks that came up in terms of entertainment, information, they fit the worldview that my viewers like and it comes to them in you know short kind of bursts and gives the most information possible was conservative review and reason tv and um it it just shows that we're becoming a society that wants things that aren't just going to give us a lot of information fast but we want to go ahead and be entertained while we're doing it and Um. What I've seen oh, with yeah, yeah. We're Americans. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people say, oh, we're losing our attention span. I'm like, no, it's just making things more interesting. And I, I love my conservative review TV subscription. And, uh, you know, Kibbi on Liberty and Gab McGinnis, they're some of my favorite sh- shows on CRTV. And what they do is they take very dismal topics, as you mentioned, and they make them fun. Why do you think? conservatives I don't know they they get this vibe I mean they get the stereotype that they're the boring people they're the guys that are lecturing they're not hip or anything but when you go ahead and you look at the conservative rena- renaissance that's happening right now and you look at what shows at CRTV are producing it's fun stuff I can go ahead and get a bunch of college guys and a whole bunch of people in the AARP category together and they can go ahead and watch a CRTV show and love it why do you think that despite giving people the product that they say doesn't exist, that stereotype is still kind of there?
1: I mean, let's look at where our philosophy comes from. I mean, the stereotype's always going to be there. You know, we don't, we're not woke. We don't constantly (laughs) thrive. No, and I mean that in all seriousness, we don't constantly thrive on this concept of progress and the concept of being the most woke in the room. We don't, Strive on this, you know, on playing the the intersectional Olympics game, right? You know, we have very long standing, ancient understandings of the human person and of limited government, and all these things that come together. You know, reaching from Aristotle to Locke to Phil- to the Philadelphia Con- uh, Constitutional Convention, right? And it's really, I mean, it's easy for me to get to turn into a boring dude about that, right? Like, I mean, part of me, when I'm producing videos, there's there are days where I just want to be in front of a blackboard, just like you know, talking about. James Madison's notes on the Constitutional Convention, and that's what gets me excited, but I know that's boring, right? But, you know, it's also fun just to make fun content, right? And I think for the longest time, again, we talk about media, we talk about what media existed, we talk about what platforms conservatives had for the longest time. I mean, you know, the most conservative, I mean, the most conservative uh, platform, you know, widespread for the longest time was Crossfire. It was Bill Buckley, right? It was Buckley in a chair with a, with a, with a guy. You know, there was, no, there was no conservative daily show until Crowder started going nuts on YouTube. You know, and now, now, now he's on the network. You know, the, the conservative renaissance is happening because, you know, we finally have these avenues through which we can express both creativity in line with our conservative, libertarian, limited government, classic liberal, whatever you want to call it, worldview, right? We finally have these. And they're finally more accessible and they're more affordable. We don't need gigantic buy-ins. You know, you don't have to go broke putting together a media company anymore. So I think, you know, there have always been creative individuals. I think there have always been, you know, really interesting people. I mean, Friedrich Bastiat was hilarious. I mean, he was he was a really witty writer and I'd, I'd love to read him. You know, I can only imagine what Friedrich Bastiat would do, you know, with the, with the medium of short form video. But we have these things now, and, and I think it you know places like TV and definitely Reason TV, they've got great content too, pulling together some really creative individuals in the conservative and liberty movements and really giving them a platform and the ability to push this stuff out there. And I'm loving it.
0: One thing you mentioned earlier was the creativity aspect. I know earlier in the conversation I mentioned the fusion between entertainment and information. Do you think going forward – We're going to have to – whenever we want to go ahead and put out something that's supposed to educate people, it has to have um, a degree of entertainment to them because I I do know some individuals have this fear that eventually some people are going to focus on just the entertainment factor so much. The actual informational aspects of it might get watered down or dissipate because that's the trajectory they think we're heading on.
1: I mean, it's a legitimate concern, right? And I mean, that's something that you really, when you're creating content like the Capitol Hill Brief, where we try to be fun, but we also try to be you know, informational on this. There, there's a tension game, but that doesn't mean tension is bad. You know, there's, you know, tension's tensions a very good thing, as long as you don't go too far in either direction. That's what gets us out of bed in the morning. But I think you definitely do have to have, in the media market that we've got, let's back up a little bit and go back to something that you said. You said, you know, we're getting into, a, into an area where any guy with a microphone and a camera can be, can be a reporter. And I think that's great. You know, that requires a lot of responsibility on the behalf of people who are making content. And We've seen a lot of irresponsible actors. But overall, what we're getting into is a really true free market of ideas here. Where, you know, you've got a million different channels to get your ideas, to get your content out there. Where people can pick and choose and they have the opportunity to consume and, and really tailor their consumption based on their own preferences. You know, and you're not limited to three gigantic networks in a local paper anymore. And that's and great, but the challenge that comes with that is not just being as responsible and ethical of a journalist as you've always been. You've got to make your ideas really pop and you've gotta be able to sell your ideas in this new marketplace of ideas. And that's why you have to have an entertainment value there. That's why you have to have that grab. That's why you have to be compelling. And there's nothing new under the sun. Look, a good speech has always been a good speech, whether it was given, you know, to the men of Athens, two, two, and, a half thousand, two and a half thousand years ago, whether it was given by Churchill after the after World War II, whether it was given by Donald Trump at, at a rally. A good speech is a good speech is a good speech. It has to be compelling, regardless of the of the content. Remember, I used to work as a speechwriter. My boss said, you know, like, I mean, yeah, all your content's great, but you gotta. You've really got to punch a lot of this up. You've got to you've got to write to the audience because you could build the world's greatest airplane and it doesn't matter if no one's gonna fly in it.
0: I, I kinda wanna pivot for a second before I lose this thought. But right. you mentioned the you know, the market of ideas. With YouTube, Facebook, the internet, what we have is a democratization of access that you know humanity has never seen before. And as beautiful as it is, it's also quite terrifying. And I know if it weren't for you know the access to Facebook and Twitter, CRTV may not have been able to really find the audience that it was looking for. The audience wouldn't have been able to find them. I mean, a lot of the content is on Facebook with A lot of the censorship, with a lot of the, you know, I I call it Facebook fascism that we've been seeing. Are are you guys kind of worried that, you know, if you lose that access to your audience, it's just going to, I don't know, dissuade other conservatives and liberty-minded people from getting in this field, or do you think you'll always find a way to go ahead and, you know, not not necessarily have a backup plan, but you know, as they say, build it and they will come.
1: I mean, here's the thing, and what I've loved about this team since I started freelancing, like back during the Iran deal debate, this team, since I've been on there, has been scrappy as all hell, all right? And yeah, there's there's concerns about, you know, any time that you're building a business on somebody else's platform, on somebody else's thing, where he has the ability to completely choke
0: Like social the, media uh, platform, sharecropping.
1: Exactly. I mean, anytime you're doing that, there's always that risk involved. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you and blow smoke and say that that's not the, you know... Every time that Zuckerberg decides he wants to change the algorithm, they, you know, that I'm not concerned about what, you know, what that's going to do to my uh, what that's going to do to my audience, what that's going to do to the followership. Right. But at the same time, you know, you take risks in a market. <laughs> you, that, it's just the nature of the beast. And if, you know, when, whenever it changes, you adapt and you keep fighting. And that's, again, what I love about working on such a really just freaking scrappy team like CRTVs.
0: Definitely. And I mean, we, you know, everyone in my household, we love it. Everyone I know loves it. I mean, you guys are not just following the it's left and trying. Hey, I mean, I'm serious because, <laughs> you know, there, there are enough platforms. I remember growing up as a kid in high school watching this and I'm like, wow, this is where the future's going to be. This is going to take down Fox and CNN and everybody. And then like a year later, it's like, oh, somebody ran away with all our investor money. Or, oh, no, this guy or gal was caught in a sex scandal. Or, oh, no, this person just really didn't care about what they were doing. And it's so disappointing. I, I mean, it's good to see good things happen. But, you know, um, we're at the end of the show. Got to let you go. If people want to check out more of Capitol Hill Brief and CRTV and all that jazz, how can they connect to you and everyone else there?
1: Okay, so you can follow me on Twitter at Nate Madden CRTV, and make it easy enough for you. If you want to uh, just keep up with the episodes as they come out, where you get the notification that we have a new episode, there is a Capitol Hill Brief page. It's by CRTV. You just Google Capitol Hill Brief, you'll see the show logo. That's uh, that's on Facebook. So that, and you can also sign up for my uh, free daily uh, email brief. So it's just a rundown of everything that's going on on Capitol Hill within a given day, digested down to 400 words or less, so that you can read it. Three and a half to five minutes. Get on with your day.
0: Outstanding. Nate Madden from CRTV, folks. Nate, thank you so much for coming on the program.
1: Uh, thank you, Rimzo. Take care, brother.
0: Folks gonna let you go no long monologues but as always you know you you have to go ahead and invest in the world you want to create good intentions simply are not enough you can't have enough enough positive thoughts you can't say enough prayers until you have to go out and as frederick Douglass once said you have to go out and understand liberation starts with movement and action so definitely invest in the things you want to see happen. And, hey, if you want to go ahead and help us out, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Podchaser, Stitcher. You all know how the Internet works. And as always, America, be good to your neighbor. Go out and treat yourself a bit and tune in next week. I'm Remster W. Martinez. Good night.
2: Stay up to date with the latest news and updates by visiting Renzorepublic.com.
1: Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran Radio podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.